That's why I'm all time two. Half past despicable, last man to bring it through fast rap, the critical stack, analytical slap slap. I'm hitting you smack. It's episode 60. Make sure and stay with me through the intro where I will share some leaked emails and text messages from a retirement community in Florida, which are quite frankly flabbergasting. Anyway, here's some more theme music. Breakup Gaming Society, episode 60. As ever, I am your humble servant, the Lord Chief Rocka, number one Chief Rocka with Breakup Gaming Society, where we talk about board games, booze, and hip-hop ostensibly, but it's kind of an excuse to do my version of comedy and do the occasional rant, the occasional pay-in, and whatever else crosses my mind. I thank you for indulging me. Right now, I'm looking at something unbelievable. So, if you are familiar with mega retirement communities in Florida, such as, I think they call it the Villages, which I think is some of the highest per capita STD rates in the country. They're the degenerates they were warning us about. But that's another that's another matter. Apparently, you know, they have HOA Untergruppenführers, which watch certain blocks of it. And apparently, this email thread is from when the local orgy scene got its wires crossed with the HOA people. I'm just... <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So I'm reading a text right now that says, Dear Ron, <laughs> Oh, geez. Your hedges still have to be compliant just because there was one night I wanted to feel free doesn't mean your hedges don't have to be compliant, nor does that mean that you were entitled to restroom privileges in my hair. <laughs> I love boomers. Oh, shit. But back to the matter at hand. We're going to talk about board games, booze, and hip-hops. Hip-hops. Very nice. In a drink of the week segment. I'm, it's hot and I'm lazy, so it won't take long. Game of the week, in which I try to do my own highly socialized and more vicious version of Richard Garfield's classic King of Tokyo, which is basically Yahtzee with a kaiju battle glued on top that works really well. I thought I could make it work better. Let's see how I did. And last um, track of the week is going to touch on mental health and someone who helped me think of a raison d'être for this show and a song that reminds me of them very much and has me thinking of them in some hard times. But first, we're going to talk about what I'm drinking this week. Okay? Drink of the week. So one of the beautiful things about living in a little town of 80 souls that nobody cares about is you can kind of do what the fuck you want. Um, I was out a lot today, meeting a lot of people, doing a lot of errands. It was very unlike me. So by the time I finally got to be alone with you, my people, and this microphone, there was only one answer for a drink. For a hot, sunny day like today, it was Bud Light Chilada. With Clamato. Bored and hot? Chilada. Want to do something besides get into my usual straight liquor? Chilada. <coughs> and one of the things that sort of made me 
celebrate being a patriot of my hometown is whether I'm walking or in my car is the minute I cross the the quote-unquote city line I just psh, ooh, please rise for the Starkville National Anthem and it's the sound of chilada for some hot days there's quite simply nothing better than knocking back a couple of them now I buy them at the Shell station for goddamn near $3.70 a pop, but since I have other liquors backing them up later on, it's a nice way to burn away the mid-afternoon without becoming senseless. If you'd like a Bloody Mary or... Now, before I became to know the Chilada, if you've ever been in working-class Colorado bars in the 80s or 90s, no one would bat an eye if you'd ask for a red beer, which is beer and tomato juice. By the way, I tried this once. At a restaurant in Santa Barbara, I said, red beer, red beer. And they brought me root beer. Like, what are you motherfuckers doing? Red beer. Or, in this case, chilada, which is always a good choice when the sun is up and spirits are low. Enough about that. We're going to talk about Game of the Week. Game of the Week. I'm a little bit skeptical, despite how much attention Le Hobby, a.k.a. strategy board gaming, or whatever you'd like to call it, really has traction in the world. Because while the media I, I see about around it is getting more and more sophisticated, 95% of the population still has no th- hell idea what you're talking about. For example, King of Tokyo, which almost... Any hobby gamer knows. But you bring it up at a party, like I did today. People look at you, "Mm, that sounds very abstract. It's like, it's not abstract, it's stupid. It's not stupid, it's actually really well done. Every character in the game plays a kaiju. And um, for this particular game, it's basically the same as Yahtzee at, at its heart. You have a big fistful of dice, and you get to pick them up. And roll them three times, keeping or discarding as many die as you like. But instead of just scoring points categories, you actually have a monster, and the dice you keep or discard control whether or not you're giving damage, healing damage, giving your monster upgrades, etc. So I wanted to come up with a version of this that was more vicious. In the game as it's written, there are two ways to win King of Tokyo. One, be the last monster standing. Every player has a smart little board. that has two dials on it. One for your health and one for your victory points. If you're the last monster with health, you win. If you're the first monster with 20 victory points, you've won. But I, for the time, uh, my friends from the Trinidad Tech Shop, including somehow two people named Donovan... I don't know how that happened, but y'all are good people. Uh, I wanted to do something a little different, and they and they rode along with me. And basically, I said, what happens if we just turn this into a headhunter game? Now, originally, I wanted to it to be a gambling game, but being as that none of my guests had played it before, we played without stakes. However, we did play with my modified rules, which is that victory points mean nothing. As a matter of fact, we went through the 
entire stack of upgrade cards and any card that was purely relevant to victory points, discarded. Turn it into a combat and kill a game. And they really took a shine to it, which they should have, as they all had perfectly cooked, locally raised beef half-pound burgers in their gut. Thanks to me, because that's the kind of host I am. But uh, I, I digress. Um, so, so yeah, basically it was King of Tokyo Headhunter version. Now, what I'd like to do when they come over this Wednesday, during which I plan to make some chickens over lump charcoal and hickory or mesquite wood, is make it so that every to enter the game, you have to put a denomination of money, a five or a twenty, under your monster stand, and every time a monster gets taken out. All the money that's under the dead monster's uh, stand accrues to the monster that delivered the killing blow until there's one monster and one happy person with some extra walking money and a bunch of mad people. Because that's what gambling's about. So I, so anyway, I wanna, um, it, we had a great time with it. We didn't get to the gambling part. However, um, <laughs> Donovan Jr., Donovan Sr., Danny... Ryan and TJ were all uh, fantastic company. Matter of fact, um, I've been, <laughs> I asked them all to pose on my back patio, which by the way, we had to abandon because there's so many mosquitoes. We were basically like a big 12 armed bug zapper. I got one. I got one. We're smacking each other in the forehead. Yeah, not usually this many mosquitoes at this time of year in Trinidad, Colorado, but it was a wet summer. So Along came the bugs, and we bugged out inside and, and rolled dice all night with the King of Tokyo Headhunter version, which is, again, no victory points, just scalps on the wall. Um, we're going to try it again this Wednesday, and I'll report back. In the meantime, I need to clear my mind, because uh, this track of the week is a little bit melancholy for me, but eh, here's a bumper. Next. Relax and take a seat, sit back and play the beats and blast it in your Jeep. It's the track of the week. I'm ratchet in the streets, talk trash to the geeks, get smacked in the beat. It's the track of the week. The mobile platform reached its apotheosis in 1998, when networks were well built out enough that in almost any major city, you could use one to secure blow and pussy at closing time. Every quote unquote advancement since. Feature bloat, trust me. Which is to say, if one of the three DJs who used to anchor So What in Denver on Tuesday nights at 9th Avenue West dropped a track I loved, I couldn't just stick a phone in the air and figure it out. That app hadn't been invented yet. There was one beat they played on one of my nights there that tortured me for years. I didn't think enough to ask about it at the time but it stuck in my head. The main hook in the beat stuck and burned in my head for a decade until I leapt to the foreground one, one day and I finally learned it was Bomb the Bases, Bug Powder Dust featuring Justin Warfield. But it didn't sound right. I googled my way through four permutations and learned my dance floor apparition was in fact La Funk Mob's remix of Bomb the Bases, Bug Powder Dust featuring Justin Warfield. I remember being exhausted and drunk that night, having already long sweated through my fancy clothes, when that dropped 
And I was up out of my seat like a shot. Exhibit A, the opener. A perfect dovetail of the patiently build and layer ethos of the era's electronic music, and actually still is, and the pure joy of golden era sampling and beat making. Listen. the way that drops and I hope you did too so a little now there are a lot of quote unquote MCs that show up on acts who like to use break beats but aren't really hip hop acts and dudes who can put together a rhyme but after you hear the featuring whoever you see it a lot too the other English techno acts putting I'm sure in the across the pond they knew who these folks were the the raga dance hall rappers and stuff and the and the Brit core rappers and anyway Justin Warfield he could be like you know he could almost sound like the fifth beastie but his verses are fun especially if you're my age because he's got a decent flow and you can tell he's having a good time and his verses are laced with lots of counterculture and uh, pop culture references that I get a kick out of. If you're as old as shit like me, let's see if you can spot a couple. I'm like Billy White when he's in Tangiers. I'm out on the social story with my big neck peers. Analog real and a little distortion. Smoking on suckers, you can say I'm scorching. I've never been the type to rap for where I'll make a man burn his rap card like it was hair. Send you up the river like you're looking for curse. I got the mug, womp, jizz him up and never the wild boys run around and just on tripping Letter to control about the big brother Trying like hearts and not blow my cover So I made kind of an impulsive decision there I, I was going to feature more of Justin Warfield's verse But I also wanted to show you a bit of the chorus Because the producers do something there I really like And that is they take the samples melody and I think they start to double it with a little sultry lyrics of their own. So what sounds like that voice hits later in the very long and luxurious and not a minute too long fade out where they <laughs> have some gal come on there and scream like it sounds like she's getting off, but it doesn't sound tawdry at all. It just it matches the playfulness of the track. But anyway, that was an example of one of those bars. Um, of course, the, the, the title of the track itself is homage to 
Naked Lunch by William Burroughs. Um, and uh, and that, that, that included my favorite couplet. He goes, I'll send you up the river like you're looking for Kurtz, a reference to both uh, Heart of Darkness or Apocalypse Now, depending on your preference, the insane Colonel Kurtz, who features in both Conrad's book and Coppola's film. And then he goes, I got the mug wump jism up in every verse. Again, he's going back to dropping stuff, uh, referencing the work of crazy-ass novelist William S. Burroughs. There you go. I danced and got in trouble and smoked joints and fell in love and everything, tracking that song down. Some of the people that I fell in love with listening to that music, I have a hard time tracking down. But I was able to get hold of the track, so... You get some, you don't get others. What shall I leave you with? Do you like fables and stories? I've been working on my own telling of the classic uh, The Frog and the Scorpion. Um, and if you're not familiar, the, the overview of the lesson is, you know, uh, the, a scorpion begs a ride from a frog and then stings him for no reason, you know, with the parable being, you knew I was a scorpion. It's kind of a harsh parable. But in my telling, the uh, frog is approached by the scorpion and say, dude, I've got, I got to get across the river. Can you please help me? Now, the frog has been up all night doing molly and is dehydrated and a little strung out. Plus, with recent rains, the current's stronger than usual. But the scorpion keeps wheedling and wheedling until the frog says, all right, let's go. He hops on his back and by middle of, you know, by the time they're hitting the, the middle three-quarter part of the crossing, the frog is sinking dangerously beneath the, the water in between breaststrokes and, and is just about to quit. And, he, and he, he bobs up to the surface. And the scorpion goes, if it's not too much trouble, could you mind dropping me off at the checkout? Now, in between strokes the frog is looking the opposite bank he doesn't see anything he goes what are you talking about and the scorpion says check out these nuts and with that the frog sinks under the water with exhaustion and despair right as the scorpion strolls out onto the bank you knew he was a scorpion this has been another episode of breakup gaming society I want to thank all my friends on Twitter who uh, inspire me with uh, various cuts and tracks. And uh, for all of you who indulge me through my very tangential exploration of board games, booze, and hip-hop, again, come to Breakup Gaming Society. I'm usually throwing up pieces of comedy writing on uh, on the blog, if nothing else, because I know right now I'm a long time in between episodes. BreakupGamingSociety.com Also think Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts has me but the RSS feeds are weird. The episodes show up. The metadata is all wrong. It's, it's still publishing the, uh, the information from episode eight. I don't know how to fix this shit. I just want to record and tell you things. Anyway, until then, may you fight long and well.